This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by SeedsHereNow.com. With Crypto Wednesdays, James Bean's Vault, and Easy Peasy Credit Card Checkout, you cannot go wrong with SeedsHereNow.com. Here we go. Welcome to the show, Podcast World. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff. This is episode 775 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I have a fun show lined up for you. Before we jump in, let's do a few shout outs to a few of the great folks who continue to support the show on Patreon. Let's kick it off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my buddy Kip. I want to send a big thank you shout out to Route 305 and Randy Farms. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Mr. Mean Green and F a Plant Count. I want to send a special thank you shout out to my friends Roll This Nug and ADHD Grower. Let's send a big fist bump to Noah N and Growing Tennessee. Let's send a big thank you shout out to William E. Downs. Let's send a thank you shout out to Dreadlock Farmer. Then let's wrap it all up with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Anvil Gardens. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you have to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. And you know, I do include a link in the show notes and in the video description to make it nice and easy for all of my friends to support the podcast. Speaking of support, I do want to send a big thank you to everybody who supported me on iRedirect. I did a Halloween sale for iRedirect and I had a tremendous response. It took me a little bit to get all of the orders out. I do apologize if you feel like it was delayed. It was just me doing it. Check for a tracking number because everything has been shipped up to this time. Once again, big thanks for the response to the Halloween sale on iRedirect. Now a little bit of an update. The Lemon Jeffrey and Golden Goat Feminized Seeds that everybody is asking for will be available and in stock on iRedirect for Black Friday. That's right. If you want more information or details or updates, I do encourage you to join the newsletter. You can go to iRegenetics.com, scroll down toward the bottom. There's a spot to join the newsletter. Type in your email address. We will get you on the newsletter, get you updates when new things do drop. Or you can join the Patreon. If you're not already on Patreon, go join us there. Of course, the patrons do get the first updates, the first cracks, and of course, coupon codes for new drops. So stay tuned because Golden Goat and Lemon Jeffrey will be dropping very soon. I know you're going to ask about Orangegasm next. Stay tuned. That one will be coming shortly after those. Also, when it comes to ordering on iRedirect, or this may count uh, just about anywhere. If you're ordering things online, if you're purchasing things through the mail, um, Let's put um, our real names on the package or at least a uh, friendly name, a usable name on the package. Um, I enjoy and I appreciate and I respect the work you're doing to create your own company. You've uh, made a cool Instagram name that is whatever, uh, something crazy hash company that is your new name or something seed company or something farms. That's really cool. I'm proud of you, but you don't have to put it on every shipping label when you're sending and receiving something. The less information on that label uh, that is unnecessary is the better. Put your name and your address on there. What I'm talking about is I get orders that'll say like, 
Uh, the order will be, and I'm just making shit up right here. Don't feel targeted unless you did this. It'll say like to Bill Smith from Ganja Farms Incorporated in Plano, Texas or Seattle, Washington. It doesn't matter where it is, but when you put Ganja Farms Incorporated or Big Fat Weed Farm or whatever on the fucking shipping label, that makes it a little suspicious and uh, it makes it, it gives me a couple of suspicions. First of all, uh, the mail, the post office, the mail carrier, they're going to be like, who's fucking ganja, Supreme Ganja Farm 420 weed smoker. Who is this? They're going to want to know what the fuck is in there. Or maybe somebody in your area knows that you're ordering seeds and they see that name or they've recognized that name come through. They're going to pop it open. They're going to start stealing your shit because it's a very noticeable name. Blend in, be Bill Smith, be Jane Doe. When it comes to the fucking mail, be more careful, please. That's my advice, my recommendation, my suggestion. I see a lot of people type in random weird names when they're ordering through iRedirect, and I try my best to delete those. I don't pay a lot of attention to correcting addresses, but if I see that you've got like Weed Grow Farms or Weed Warrior 420 or some shit in your name, I do try to remove that because we don't need our packages opened up, inspected, and taken. Sending seeds is not illegal, but don't encourage anybody to mess with you, steal from you, or cause you problems. Use your brain, use your head, then your company will go further. I'm proud of you for having the company name, but... You don't have to put it on everything. I don't put I read genetics on anything. I don't put grow from your heart podcast on anything. That's not what it says. The male is discreet and careful and very adult. That is my first rant for this episode. Let's be more pro when we're putting our names on packages. Also package shit more carefully. I try to package things where they won't get smushed. I send them in a priority mailbox. Get a lot of seeds that come in a bubble mailer and they're totally squished. Be more careful. Be more professional. Also, on the other other end of that, if you have sent me seeds as a gift recently, thank you. I got them and I do appreciate it. Where do we go from here? I want to give a shout out to all my friends in Thailand. That's right. I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet. Thailand is now part of the team legalization. That's right. Thailand has legal cannabis. I've got some great friends over there. I'm not sure if they want their names said or not, but I'm going to say them right now. You might not even know who they are. Big shout out to my buddy Steve. Big shout out to my buddy Brett. They are killing it in the Thailand legal cannabis game. They've got commercial cultivations. They've got dispensaries. They've got clients. They've got a flow going. They've got standard operating procedures for selling legal, legal cannabis in Thailand. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, it's good to see you doing it out there. If you're in Thailand, look for some Irie Genetics. Uh, the strains and the seeds are on shelves out there in Thailand. So big up to everyone in Thailand who fought for and succeeded with the legalization of cannabis. All right, the last piece of little rambling before we get to the email portion of the podcast. There are fresh t-shirts on the Irie Genetics website. If you go to iregenetics.com, click on the merch tab that will take you to the store where I do sell my merchandise. You will find new t-shirts, you will find long sleeve shirts, you will find hoodies, and you will find women's tank tops. That's right, they've all got the cross logo on the front of them. So hit the website, grab your shirts. All the cool kids are doing it. One more thing. I said that was the last, but I do have one more. This is just shameless advertising. Ladies, I was talking with your boyfriend and I heard him say that he wanted some new Irie genetic seeds for Christmas. That's right. I'm sure he said that. The place to get them is iredirect.com. Just in case you're not sure where to get your man his Christmas seeds, that is the place. Every man that smokes, grows, enjoys ganja, wants some new seeds for Christmas. iredirect.com is the place to go. Now, let's do the fun part of this podcast. Let's jump into the email portion of this show. I do enjoy uh, reading and answering listener questions. This is what I call listener-generated content. I like this because I know that if I'm helping uh, my friend Shep, who sent me this message, 
one person has this question. I know if one listener has this question, there are probably several people out there that this could help and be benefit to. So I love the questions. Please send those to me. You can use the Grow Help tab on the website at iregenetics.com or simply use my email, growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Anyway, this message came from my buddy Shep and it goes just like this. If I can pick it up, it goes. Hey, Rasta Jeff, maybe you've discussed this before. And if so, my apologies. You know what? I will repeat subjects on here because I've realized that not everybody listens to every single episode. People don't go back and listen to everything. If you do, thank you. That's a dedicated certain kind of podcast listener. I appreciate you. But most people jump in and they just catch the future episodes. They don't go backwards. So I have talked about this possibly, but we'll do it again. It says, I grow in a three by three scrog and I recently had a cannabis variety that is female including a female test from a very reputable reputable and well-known breeder in the community. Then it says in parentheses, it was not you. So this is not one of my lines we're talking about here. It says, this is a nine to 11 week variety. At week five, uh, day 38 in bloom, I found two male flower clusters. So you're growing what you thought and assumed and probably was tested to be a female. It sounds like it was a feminized seed. You thought it was a girl. And at day 38, guess what? We see some male flowers. This female plant is now showing intersex traits, which is a problem, especially around week five of a nine to 11 week plant. It does go on. It says, I found two male clusters below the scrog screen, very much in the shade. So those are the buds down below the scrog. So there's a screen, the light's hitting down here. Some of the light doesn't get down here. That part down there is where we are discovering the intersex parts of this plant. It says, unfortunately, I missed these little bastards and two male flowers have opened before I found and removed them. All right. So you've got opened up flowers. They're popped open. You can see they've been expressed is the word we used. Uh, that's never a good sign. That means that they probably let out some pollen into the air. That pollen is super light, does not take a lot of air for that pollen to move around. It says, question, since these male flowers were below the scrog, below the canopy, just how bad could this be? Uh, how badly seeded do you think my buds will be? Uh, it says, what are the odds that the pollen will be fertile? There's been no male flower anywhere else on this plant other than these in the shade, by the way. Thanks and best wishes. All right, let's talk about that for a little bit. The first question, um, since these flowers were below the scrog, uh, just how bad could it be? I said a moment ago that pollen travels very easily. Travel Pollen is really light. Unfortunately, sometimes it goes up. I've seen pollen move up. It doesn't always fall. If there's a little bit of airflow, uh, the wind directed off something or ricochet, something like that, I've seen pollen actually move up into the air. So it could have gone up into your full canopy. I don't want to uh, make you paranoid. I don't want to give you any false hope. It could have gone up there. Also, it might not have. I don't know how much pollen those few male flowers opened up, but they did let some pollen out possibly, and it probably went up. Some of it went down. It went everywhere. That's the way that pollen works. When they pop open, they kind of have a little pressure to them. It's like... They just breathe out just a little bit to let it go. So uh, it could be bad. It could be not bad at all. I really, we can't tell until a couple of, probably a few days. You'll be able to tell, you'll see little kernels happening and that's where the seeds are starting to form. It looks like something just went weird. Like your, uh, your calyxes are swollen up. Uh, what are the odds this pollen could be sterile or fertile? That's uh, yes, both. They could, it could be either way, dude. It could definitely be either way. And it says there have been no male flowers anywhere else. That's a good thing. Cut those off. Keep an eye on it. Pay very close attention. There may be more. You've got six more weeks to go possibly. I'd probably take this shit down early and then not grow it ever again is what I would do. But 
Uh, pay attention. You may have produced a few seeds. You may have produced a lot of seeds. And that's where I go on that one rant where I say, uh, grow those seeds, bro. You may have just made a bunch of great seeds for yourself to play with. Grow them. See what you've created. You may, like I've said in a past episode, you may have just created gold. You may have the new chem dog, the new golden goat, the new uh, gorilla glue. You may have the new uh, Shep's OG in there. Who knows what you just made? Also, you could have made a bunch of intersex plants that stress out and hermaphrodite and show problems as soon as they get a light leak, too much temperature problem or too much shade or whatever. So uh, grow those seeds if they do happen. But I honestly... Uh, without looking at the plants, the room, getting in there with the light and kind of looking around, I can't tell you enough details to give you any uh, diagnosis or prognosis. You could have seeds, you may not. Um, they could have been fully fertile or fertile, fully sterile flowers that opened up. That pollen could have been good or bad. Did you see any dust? If you see any dust laying around uh, those male flowers, like the leaves around it may just have like, it just looks like you sprinkled them with powdered sugar. That's pollen. That's going to be a bad sign. If there's no dust, then chances are a little bit better for you. Um, that's really all I think I've got for you for this one. Keep an eye on it. And then if you do see seeds forming, you've got decisions to make. Do you want to finish it or do you want to chop it down? And then definitely consider if you ever want to run that particular cultivar again, because it did freak out just from a little bit of shade. That's not something that I would tolerate. All right, let's keep moving. Shep, thank you for the great message. Let's keep moving. There is another message that came from our friend, Matt. It says, hey, Ross to Jeff, I hope you're doing well. I love the recent Grateful Dog episode. Hey, thank you for listening. I got a lot of great response to that episode. The number one question that stemmed from that is, can I get seeds or buy a clone? And the number one answer for that is no, not right now, maybe in the future, but no. I'm not selling clones or seeds of that one right now. I'm crossing things with it, but uh, there will be a Jack the Ripper Grateful Dog cross available very soon. It's called Dog Ripper, but we're not selling the Grateful Dog right now. It says, also, I have got a question for ya. When would you consider a home grower ready to advance to the role of caregiver? And do you have any advice regarding scaling up a grow over time? So this is a great question. Let me talk about what the word caregiver means. Most of what I'm going to say applies to the Colorado medical cannabis market, and most of this is info from around 2008-2009. Since that time, we have changed the term from caregiver to provider, but let me explain this. When we started medical cannabis, a lot of people wanted uh, access to medical cannabis without going to a dispensary. When you got your medical cannabis recommendation from a doctor, it gave you the right to grow uh, six or more plants, depending on the paperwork you got. So people were allowed to grow six plants. Now, the catch was some of these people were very sick. They were receiving medical cannabis for a reason, which also limited their ability to produce their own cannabis. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they were physically unable. Maybe they just didn't have the room, the space, and of course, the knowledge to produce their own cannabis. So what those people would do is they would assign somebody that would be called a caregiver to produce their medical cannabis products for them. So when I go to the weed doctor, the weed doctor gives me a paper and it says, you can smoke and grow and have weed. Then on that card, there's a spot that says, who is your caregiver? I would find a friend or we would find somebody. A lot of people would find me and they would list. So we'll just put me as the caregiver. And Mike, uh, I've got your permission to do this. I hope I'm going to use Mike as an example. When the medical cannabis thing came up, our good friend, white Mike, he's a medical cannabis patient. He likes the way I grow weed. So he asked me one day, want to be my caregiver? And I said, I would be honored to, bro. So then at that point, he wrote my name on his card and sent it into the state. And that gives me the right to grow Mike's medical marijuana plants for him. 
so I could have those in my possession, in my cultivation area, and it would be fully legal because I was Mike's caregiver. Now, when that weed was ready, it was my responsibility to provide Mike with that product. There were not many legal stipulations or bylines or guidelines or bylaws or anything about how I could give Mike his medicine. I wasn't supposed to make a profit from it is what I think that the uh, the paperwork said, but I could definitely charge Mike for electricity, my time, my seeds, whatever I felt necessary, but I wasn't supposed to profit off of Mike for it, which I never did. Mike always got the hookups on the weed, but my responsibility and my role as a caregiver was to grow safe, effective cannabis for Mike and supply it on the rhythm that Mike expected his medicine and he needed his medicine and he would tell me what he liked the best and I would grow that and I would have it when he needed it at a price he could for afford. Most of the time I just gave it to him because that was just the, the bond that we had. He liked the way that I grew. He gave me the ability to grow more plants because I had his medical marijuana card. It kept me legal and safe. So I just grow enough and make sure to set some aside for Mike and anytime he needed it, there it was and it worked out that way. One of the best parts about that is being Mike's best friend, uh, we're, we're bros. We're in the car all the time. We're next to each other in the office. We're at the dab table together. I know Mike's physical ailments. I know Mike's uh, mental state. I know what Mike likes. I know what Mike, what flavors Mike enjoys. So I got to really dial in. Mike and I together got to dial in what medicine Mike was receiving and what I was providing for Mike. I know that he loves Grateful Dog. If he could have Grateful Dog seven days a week, 24 hours a day, that's what Mike would smoke. And I could see it on him. Like, I'd be like, oh, it's about time for Mike to get some weed because I could see his body and his facial expression change. Time to smoke Mike out. So we got to develop like a real bona fide caregiver uh, patient relationship, which I think was great. So that is the caregiver idea. We would be assigned as his caregiver and then I could grow cannabis for him. And when he needed that cannabis, it would be ready for him. And if he needed edibles, topicals, oils, whatever, it would be my responsibility as his caregiver and friend to make that product available and ready for him for his consumption needs to uh, fix his ailments, to improve the quality of his life was the bottom line. So that's what a caregiver is. The idea is to provide cannabis for a medical marijuana patient. Since then, they have changed the term to provider. You just write provider in the card. And they've also really limited us now in Colorado. Back in the day, you were allowed to have uh, like unlimited counts to where you could just get everybody could be, you could be everybody's caregiver. So like everybody in the neighborhood, I would be Clint, Mike, my mom, uh, fucking the neighbor, the neighbor down the street. I was all of their caregiver and I was just growing so much herb and providing herb for everybody. So I got a lot of experience. It's how I understood uh, what people like, what people want, how often they do it. Uh, I learned a lot by doing that sort of stuff that got me, um, that definitely worked well in the medical cannabis realm. So we would do what was called card stacking is I would have everybody's cards and I would just grow for all of them and we'd put all their plants in one cultivation area. Then the state came down and said you can only have six patients, which limited me to, uh, that would be six times six is 36 plus my six, that was 42 plants. Then counties started saying, oh, you're only limited to 12 plants. You can have your six recreational and your six medical plants, but you're not allowed to grow more than that, which the states and counties or the cities and counties are allowed to do that sort of stuff within their own uh, boundaries and borders, their own, uh, what's it called, their own council. So uh, that's what happened a lot here. So now we're just limited to 12. Now I can grow 12 plants. I basically keep it down to uh, 10 females and two boys is what we basically do. You got the, the 12 count. So... Um, that was the role of the caregiver. That's what a caregiver does uh, and is expected to do. Now, our friend Matt here is asking, 
when is the uh, when do you know it's time to consider a home grower ready to advance to the role of caregiver? That's a really good question. It's a really thin line that you're skating there between caregiver and home grower. So let's talk about that. The way that it worked for me is uh, people enjoyed smoking the herb that I grew. People sought me out. They're like, you are, and this sounds egotistical, but at the time, uh, I don't know about now, but at the time around here, I was one of the best and most noticed weed growers that there was. I was working with dispensaries. I was growing weed everywhere. I came up real quick and people noticed it. So a lot of people wanted me to be their caregiver. Also, I was involved in a dispensary. So that put me out there a lot. And I got to be a lot of people's caregiver. So people knew that I was growing good weed. They knew that I knew how to interact with people and have uh, conversations and build relationships and that I'm compassionate. And uh, what's the other word? I've got empathy. And um, yeah, I just like to connect with people and I care about you. And I love the way that uh, when you smoke, you feel better. And so that just made me, I had the caregiver mindset. So um, people sought me out. So what I would say, how you know when you're ready, are people, um, are there people in need of medical cannabis knocking down your door for the weed? Are there people, have you made a relationship with one or two people who just really love what you do? Because that's all it takes. Like, like I said, my buddy Mike. So we'll say Mike, Kevin, and Pops were probably three of my main patients that I took care of, that I was provided their caregiver, assigned uh, their caregiver. Those three dudes will tell you that I grew the best weed they've ever smoked. Uh, those three guys. That's why I was their caregiver. I was their friend, and I also grew the best herb they could smoke. So if you got somebody that's saying, hey, uh, Matt, do you have any more of that weed you grew? Hey, Matt, do you have any more of that weed you grew? That one thing you grow is the only thing that makes me feel better. That's when it's time for you to step up and become a caregiver, but there comes great responsibility. Can you provide the product which that patient requires on the timeline which they require it? Do they smoke an ounce a week? Do they smoke two ounces a week? Can you handle that demand sustainably? Maybe for a month or two you can do it, but can you do it for the next three to five years without missing a beat to keep that person medicated perfectly and beautifully? Can you grow like a, what's it called, a surplus so that when you've got to go on vacation or clean up the room or if a power outage happens and you fucking lose a crop, can you back up uh, surplus enough, stockpile enough to make sure that person has got their medicine? Think about what you're able to do. Think about your realistic limitations. Can you provide a quality, a safe, ethical, quality product for this person on the timeline which they require it? If you can, build a relationship with them, find out what they need, find out what they like best, and start providing caregiver services. Don't get in over your head. If you can do one or two people, that's cool. How are you going to cover the cost of this product? Are you going to charge them a little bit? Are you going to charge other people like a lot of, so this is in the past. I used to give the fucking medical patients weed for really, really cheap, if not free. And I would sell black market weed to the other people and the people that didn't have any medical recommendation or didn't even talk about medical weed, just the stoners and my bros and the gangsters, they'd pay full fucking price, but the patients, they would get some free shit and they would get some hookups. So you've got to decide how you want to run that. It is kind of a business. You've got to run this like a business uh, but a little bit different than a business because most businesses kind of uh, just run about money. This is all about compassion and taking care of people. So you got to pay attention to the people. How are you going to cover your own costs? You've got to buy soil, nutrients, lights, air, water. You've got to do work. All of that costs something. Are they going to pay for that? Will it be a donation basis? Will they give you so much a month and you let them have what they need? Think about that before you even get into it. Talk to them about it. Be like, hey, Rasta Jeff said we should talk about this. Starting conversations is awkward. Just say, Rasta Jeff said we should talk about this before I be your caregiver. Or fucking play this episode and be like, hey, here's the things we should talk about. Are you going to pay for it? How much do you need? How much do you want? How do I get compensated? 
like talk about all those things and figure it out so that you can still be friends if something does go wrong. That's the most important part of all that is that we're all still friends after all the chips fall. So um, that's how I think you know when you're ready, when you qual you have a customer or a client or a friend requesting your product and you've got faith in yourself that you can provide that product consistently. Now, advice on scaling up. Um, yeah, one of the most important things is electricity. Can your house handle it? Can your building facility, wherever you're growing, you said a home grower, I'm imagining you're in a home. Can your home handle that? Also, are you ready to have... Um, so cannabis is a commodity. It's a valuable commodity. It's a, it's a profitable product. You're entering the area, the arena of having a profitable product on hand in your home. And it sounds like you're about to upscale the amount of that product you have and is being produced, which will make you double, triple, quadruple the size of a target, which you already are. People may not know you're growing law enforcement, thieves, crooks, uh, crackheads. None of them may know that you're growing, but when you start scaling up, things will become more obvious and more apparent. There'll be more people coming and going from your home. There'll be more electricity. There'll be more sound. You'll be buying more products. If you make some money, be careful that when you make money, you don't come up too fast and show people that you got a brand new car and a bunch of chains. If you're in a place where you shouldn't be making a little bit of money, that's when things do happen to you. I think one of my first pieces of advice would be to don't scale up, uh, maximize what you have got, dial it in, get the room, the space, the environment that you have got to its full potential. If you're pulling uh, one pound now, try to get two pounds out of it. If you're getting two, aim for four. Maximize that before you even consider moving up to a bigger grow and adding more equipment, more toys, more money, more responsibility, more opportunity for failure. You're going to have people relying on you. So if this crop does fail, it's going to be more detrimental than if your personal smoke failed. You can go to the dispensary. You can hit up one of the homies and get some black market herb if you need to. Uh, but this person, they're relying on you. So you have got to produce that product. I said black market. Is that politically correct anymore? Is that the gray market, the free market? You know what I mean. That's where I'm talking about. You may have to go get your product if your crop fails. Our patients do not have that opportunity. They are relying on us. They know that we're growing that product safely. We know that it's the strain they want. They know that it's the potency they want at the frequency that they need it. So they're going to rely on you. Don't scale up too big and fuck things up because that does happen quite a bit. When you are scaling up, make sure that you your electricity can handle it. Make sure that you can handle it. Is it too much work? Think about harvest time. Do you have a trim crew that can manage that harvest? Will that be possible? I would say scale up to one light next. Don't go like from one light to four lights, go from one to two, and then maybe from two to four. I think for a one-man operation and a good-sized room, nine lights, and I'm talking about old 1,000-watt fucking HPS lights because I'm a dinosaur, nine lights is probably the limit that I would do. If you got like nine R specs in a room, that's going to be a killer fucking room. That's probably the amount of work that I would expect, would expect one person to do in a cultivation in a home. After that, it's going to get a little bit crazy and a little bit hectic. So scale up slowly, dial everything in before you add more, learn everything, get it perfect before you add more, um, learn how to scrog everything, learn how to trellis everything beautifully, learn how to pop and twist, learn how to defoliate, dial in your feed, dial in the lights, dial in the air, dial in the water, get everything perfect before you expand, then expand slowly, one light, then if you've got two, then go to four, if you got four, then go to nine, that's just the way that I would do it. Slowly scale up. Make sure that your light, your house can handle it. And then also, I'm in Colorado. 
If I set up a grow in the summer, it's going to kick ass. But right now, in the winter, it's going to change. Everything will be different. Before you scale up, run a small grow in that room and get that room figured out. Get that environment figured out for a solid year before you scale up too big. Because you might buy build a room that in the winter, it works perfectly. But when the summer comes, it gets so hot that you can't run it because you can't add electricity. You can't add air conditioner because you cannot add electricity that will be a problem. So build up slowly, uh, let it run for a year, build up again, let it run for a year, build up again. That is probably my advice for that. He wraps it up with cheers, man. Take a fat dab so fat it roundhouses your eyes shut and give your mom a hug for me. I appreciate that, bro. I do need a big fat dab. Got a little bit more recording here to do than we are going to get right on that one. All right, Matt, thank you for the great question. You did give me flashbacks to my caregiver days. Got me sitting here reminiscing, thinking about some of the old school times in the basement when I had like 20 people down there trimming. Oh, those were the good old days, or were they? All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to episode 775 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. That's actually the correct episode number. I do realize I said the wrong number on the last episode. I apologize. Thank you for all of the tweets and emails regarding that. I got it right this time. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh new content. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. The email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Make sure you support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else is on the website, irigenetics.com. That is all I've got for you. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, Ars Kickerson. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me.